Welcome back to the program. How often does a story leap off the pages of a magazine, become a book, a documentary, and then a major motion picture? Very rarely. And when it does, it's clear that the story it tells has touched a powerful nerve among readers and viewers. Such is the story that Wired contributing editor Joshua Davis tells of four underdogs from the streets of Phoenix who take on the best high school and college students in the country, including MIT and the resources of ExxonMobil. He tells the story in his book, Spare Parts, Four Undocumented Teenagers, One Ugly Robot, and the Battle for the American Dream. It is my pleasure to welcome Joshua Davis to the program. Joshua, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Jeff. Great to have you here. How did you first come across this story? Well, you know, as a, as a Wired contributing editor, uh, I get a lot of press releases. Uh, oftentimes they're for a, uh, a new cell phone that is going to change your life or some kind of gadget that's going to revolutionize the world. And then I usually ignore them. Uh, but on this particular day, it was about 10 years ago, almost exactly, uh, I got a strange press release. It was from an Intel engineer, and it was formatted very strangely. It was a mess. It was hard to read. Uh, the numbers were jumbled. There were grammatical errors. Uh, and it wasn't really about technology. It was seemingly trying to say something about an urban high school in Phoenix that had a robotics program that had been successful in some way that I couldn't quite make out. And normally, I just delete press releases immediately. But this one was so strange and different that I hesitated. And, and I just left it in my inbox for about a month. And finally, I, a month later, I was like, what, is, what, what happened to that weird email and that weird press release? And I looked at it again. And I decided to try calling the school, and I got through to the teacher that it had mentioned, uh, who was the mentor of this robotics program. Uh, it was a guy named Freddy Lasvari, uh, and he explained to me that he had formed a team in, in the middle of a very impoverished neighborhood where less than 50% of the students graduated high school, 70% were below the poverty line, and it struck me as a strange place or an unusual place to start uh, a very high-end, very sophisticated robotics program. And so I decided to learn more. And as you started to learn more, particularly about Oscar and about the program, talk a little bit about how you got really sucked into this story. And it was pretty remarkable how he had begun to assemble this program. Yeah, so when I uh, arrived, I, I flew out to Phoenix for the first time in January of 2005. And was immediately impressed by this group of teenagers. Uh, they were a pretty ragtag group. <laughs> uh, they were all very different from each other. Uh, the team leader was this guy, Oscar Vasquez, who had uh, come to the U.S. In fact, all of these kids had come to the U.S. Uh, from Mexico when they were small children. Uh, Oscar had come and uh, really wanted to join the military. Uh, he viewed himself as American. Uh, he had grown up in the U.S., and, and he wanted to serve in the U.S. Army. And so he had joined uh, ROTC in, in uh, high school and really distinguished himself. He was cadet of the year. Uh, he led the adventure training team, which was the most kind of gung-ho group within ROTC. Uh, and... He was ready to go into the military until uh, his junior year. He discovered that because uh, he was an undocumented immigrant, he couldn't, in fact, join the military. 
And so his dreams uh, kind of fell apart. And he went looking for some other group to lead. <laughs> he, looked, he went looking for greener pastures and found this nascent robotics club uh, and started to pull together a group of disparate people. He found Christian Arcega, who was the school's resident genius, uh, just a, a complete whiz, uh, physics whiz, mathematical whiz, um, just very, very paper smart. Uh, he also uh, met this other student named Lorenzo Santillan. And Lorenzo was a former gang member, uh, somebody that Christian would never, under normal circumstances, or Oscar for that matter, be friends with. But Lorenzo had grown up watching and helping his family fix cars in their driveway. They had a kind of ad hoc business repairing cars. And he had developed this extraordinary mechanical ability to basically fix anything with random parts, uh, sometimes even garbage. And Oscar realized that that was the type of skill that they, they needed if they were going to build a, a robot with no budget. <laughs> uh, and finally... Uh, the fourth member of the team was a guy named Luis Aranda. Uh, and Luis's skill was that he was so big he could actually pick up the robot because the robot that they were going to build was going to be quite heavy and, and they needed somebody strong enough to lift it. One of the things that's also remarkable about this story is the way they were able to find really two amazing teachers that, that really would mentor them, that would really become their supporters in this effort. Yeah, Freddie Lajvardi, uh, the, one of the two teachers, uh, he in fact was also an immigrant. He was born in, uh, in Tehran, in Iran, uh, and had immigrated when he was very young and grown up uh, all over the U.S., but uh, his family eventually settled in Phoenix. And he had gone to high school in Phoenix uh, during the early 80s when the Iranian hostage crisis erupted and, and, and the revolution. And he had been subjected to a lot of, um, uh, of attacks because of that. And so when he became a teacher, he had a real sense for what it was like to be an immigrant uh, and what it was like to uh, deal with that level of criticism uh, and, and ridicule. And so I, I think he had a, a particular perspective and a desire to try to help these kids find a place in America just like he had. Uh, and Alan Cameron, the other teacher, um, is, is this guy who is just a natural-born teacher. You, you meet him, and, and he comes into a room, and you're, you're just, he's got so much infectious energy that you're, you're just like, whatever you want to talk about, I'm going to listen. <laughs> uh, and so when these two guys got together, uh, it, really, it really lit up the team, and, and they had this, this ability to inspire and, uh, and say, look, you guys probably have no shot. <laughs> you can enter this contest. <laughs> you're, 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 not only are you probably not going to win, but the real struggle here, this is how the teachers literally framed it, the real battle here is to not finish last. <laughs> and the teachers uh, had an interest, made an interesting recommendation to the team. They said, look, there's two classes, there's two divisions that you can compete in. This is an underwater robotics contest. It's sponsored by NASA uh, and the U.S. Navy. And the preeminent teams from across the country will be there. Uh, and these teams will break into two divisions. One will be the explorer class, 
uh, which, well, uh, sorry, the ranger class is the high school division, essentially. Uh, and then there is a higher level, the explorer class, which is for, which is for the, the colleges. And you would think that they would enter the high school division. But the teachers recommended that they enter the college division. And the reason they did that is they said, look, if you finish last, at least you'll lose to the best teams in the country. So <laughs> that, that, that was the logic going into the competition. And once they got into the competition, what did they find? How did they compare themselves, one, to these other kids and the other programs that were there? Because this wasn't the kind of formal program that these other schools had. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the kids from Carl Hayden in, in Phoenix had almost no budget. They built their robot from spare parts and garbage. Uh, you took a look at, at their robot, which they, they, they named Stinky because it smelled so bad when they had to glue it together. Uh, and the thing looked terrible. It was garishly colored, made from PVC pipes. Um, you know, it, it, was not, it was not a good-looking robot. And you compared it to MIT's robot, which was a work of art, machined metal, um, beautiful parts. The team was sponsored by ExxonMobil. The robot bore an ExxonMobil sticker, which at the time, ExxonMobil was the largest corporation in the world. Um, you know, the, 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 the difference was striking. Uh, you know, the, another element of it is that these kids from Carl Hayden are coming from the desert. They didn't even have a swimming pool uh, to practice in. Uh, they had to convince a scuba diving school in central Phoenix to allow them to borrow their pool. These are, these are kids who, some of whom had never seen the ocean. Uh, the slogan at, at Carl Hayden, Carl Hayden Community High School, and the sign at the entrance says, Carl Hayden, the pride's on the inside. Uh, and that really struck me. It, it, it implies that there's actually nothing to be proud about on the outside. Um, so these kids traveled to UCSB, University of California, Santa Barbara. Uh, and, and when they showed up at the competition, they were overwhelmed both by the competitors, the robots, and, uh, and for some of them seeing the ocean. What was it about their robot? that allowed them to get the attention that they got and ultimately to uh, do as well as they did in the competition? It was like the perfect coming together of talent. Um, there was one of, the, one of the tasks that they had to complete in the competition was a very complicated task. They had to draw a sample of water, or a sample of fluid, I should say, from a container that was underwater. And they had to do this. They had to do this in such a way that they did not contaminate the the fluid with the pool water. So, you know, that's not an easy undertaking. Uh, the other teams had come up with very complicated and, and sophisticated ways of accomplishing this or attempting to accomplish it. Uh, MIT, uh, when their robot attempted to do this, failed, uh, despite all of their uh, funding and, and expertise. The team, the high schoolers from Carl Hayden had come up with a, a very rudimentary uh, but intelligent solution. Uh, Lorenzo had crafted a, he had taken a, a gallon milk jug from the garbage, sawed it in half, put a one cent balloon in it, attached the balloon to a, a very cheap, I believe it was $20 sump pump, uh, sump pump that they had gotten from Home Depot, and then jammed a long copper 
proboscis, a long copper pipe, onto the end of that and jutted that out from the front of the robot. So this is, you know, the whole thing is probably a $20 and five cent uh, uh, innovation. But when they went to complete the task, uh, they were successfully able to do it. Um, so w- what the judges told me about the kids from Carl Hayden was that they didn't have the resources to come up with a complicated solution. And oftentimes in engineering, the simplest solution is the best solution uh, and because it can be the most elegant. And that is what we saw with these kids in Santa Barbara. When you ran the original story back in, in 2005, were you surprised at the outpouring of reaction that it got? Absolutely. Um, when, when I was finishing the story, the two of the kids, Oscar, Oscar and Luis, had graduated. Um, Lorenzo and Christian were still in high school. But I finished the story by describing what had, uh, where the two kids who had graduated uh, had ended up. And it wasn't a particularly pretty picture. Oscar was working as a day laborer, putting up drywall. And Luis was working um, at a, uh, as a file clerk at an office. And this didn't seem like a great use of American talent. Didn't seem like, uh, after having proved that they were some of the most resourceful and inventive engineers in the country, that they were doing very little with that talent. Um, the reason for that was because they were undocumented. Uh, they had been born in Mexico, but came across uh, the border, brought across the border by their parents when they were very young, uh, but they didn't have any paperwork, so they couldn't legally work. Uh, and that's where I ended the story, because um, that, that was the reality. Shortly after publication, readers started sending money to the magazine. Uh, and the, the letters that we got were, look, okay, if the system is broken, there's no reason that, 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 these, that this talent should be wasted. These kids should be going to college. Uh, they shouldn't be working as day laborers. Um, and eventually, uh, over $100,000 came in. And all four kids ended up going on to higher education as a result. And the way this evolved into the documentary and the movie that will be coming out, talk a little bit about that, Joshua. Yeah, it, it was, uh, it was a, a long process. When the article came out, um, it did attract immediate attention from Hollywood. Um, initially, it was developed by Warner Brothers, and then it passed over to MGM. Uh, but neither studio got uh, the the script to a place that they were happy at. Uh, and eventually it came to Pantaleone, which is a joint venture between Lionsgate and Televisa. And they were able to get a, a great script uh, and put together a fantastic cast. Uh, George Lopez, Marissa Tomei, Jamie Lee Curtis, Carlos Pena, um, a really fun group. And Rashawn McNamara directing and that got the project to greenlight uh, after 10 years. And so the film will come out in January. Um, the documentary came out earlier this year um, from Mary Mazio, uh, and uh, a similarly inspirational uh, and fun look at both this specific story in part, but also the broader legacy of what that win, the impact that that win had uh, on future students. Joshua Davis. 
The book is Spare Parts, Four Undocumented Teenagers, One Ugly Robot, and the Battle for the American Dream. It is just out from Farrah Strauss and Giroux. Joshua, I thank you so much for spending time with us today. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you. We'll take a break. I'll be right back.